Those of you that have kids or those of you perhaps in your profession who interface with kids, you'll know very well that kids are known for their vivid imagination. They say stupefying things. They write stories that are stupefying. They draw pictures that are stupefying. And unfortunately, from my perspective, occasionally a well-intentioned adult will say to Junior, when they look at this thing crafted out of what is seemingly an unbridled imagination, get your head out of the clouds. Come back down to earth. That couldn't possibly be something that could happen. And, and kids are known for their vivid imagination. And it's a mistake to think that adults lose their imagination. We've been told that, and I'm not so sure that's true. In fact, I think what happens is that we don't so much lose our imagination, instead we, we shift the focus and the scope of our imagination. We're spending six weeks as a church, which we've called six stupefying Sundays. This word stupefying, it, it translates or it's defined as jaw-dropping, astonishing. And it's out of the idea that, that God, if we just think about Him, if we just run Him through the filter of our thinking, then we run the risk of shrink wrapping Him down to our level. We run the risk of, of, of having a God that's as big as our mind can conceive. And yet Paul wrote to the early church in a place called Ephesus, and, and it's up here on the screen. I'm gonna, I'm gonna quote it from another translation, the one that I learned many years ago, that God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than we can even ask for or imagine. In other words, the God that we pray to can do more than we ask Him to do. The God that we think about can do more than our minds could ever possibly conceive. And so what we've just are trying to do in these six weeks, we've just kind of tagged it as a season, is, is just let our, our minds run a bit freer. Let our imaginations go a bit wilder. And maybe, just maybe, we'll get a, a, a better glimpse of, of just how big God is, a clearer picture of just how incredible He is. And today, the message I wanna, I wanna teach is called, keep your head in the clouds. It's the opposite advice that some of your parents may have given you when you were dreaming up these wild and crazy ideas. Rather than get your head out of the clouds, keep your head in the clouds. About uh, a year and a half ago, we taught a series called Crash the Chatterbox. It came from a book of the same name by a, a church leader named Stephen Furtick. And it, it's this picture that God speaks to us. God speaks to us through His Word, the Bible. God also speaks to us in, in our everyday life. And, and yet, He's not the only voice. In fact, it, it's kind of a picture that God sits on one shoulder trying to speak His truth, His Word, His future, His life into us. And, and all the while, however, there's an enemy. All the while, there's this guy on the other shoulder, the devil, the chatterbox, refuting everything God's saying, telling you to stop thinking so big, stop dreaming so wildly, stop living 
the things and believing the things that God says to you and says about you. And, and ultimately, there's a land grab for the real estate between our ears. See, our imagination is the incubator from which all of the great ideas that we'll ever have come out of. All of the dreams we'll have come out of our imaginations. All of the ideas we have come out of our imaginations. All of the solutions we have to our life and, and, the, and the life of the people around us will actually be birthed in our imaginations. And the devil, he wants to, those, those ideas, those solutions, those dreams, he wants them to die before they even get hatched. And if he can do that, he'll short circuit our destiny and ultimately limit what God would want us to be and God want us to do. The devil wants us to think about, instead of thinking about who we could be, he wants to remind us of who we once were without God in our failings and weakness. He wants to take away our sense of anticipation and turn it into anxiety. To take our dreaming of what if God to what if, insert worst case scenario. From what's possible to what's obviously impossible. From what great things could happen to what unwanted things could happen. And he realises that the same imagination that can keep us up at night, excited about tomorrow, can keep us up at night dreading what's gonna happen tomorrow. And yet God doesn't want that. He wants us to keep our head in the clouds. Now, if you've downloaded our Elevate app, you click the Bible and it will automatically take you to the story I wanna teach from today. And the story I wanna teach from is something that God spoke through a prophet. Now, a prophet's someone that's kind of God's mouthpiece on earth, okay? God spoke through a guy named Isaiah and he spoke a word, not to Isaiah, he spoke through Isaiah to the people at the time, the Israelites, spoke a word to them that was actually designed to set them up for their future. They were going to be going into captivity. They didn't know that, but it was in 200 years down the line, they ended up in captivity in Egypt. But God spoke a word to them uh, uh, to try and inoculate them against what they would actually experience when they're in captivity. And this is what God said through Isaiah. Let the wicked abandon their way of life and the evil, their way of thinking. Let them come back to God who is merciful, come back to our God who is lavish with forgiveness. And then God declares to them, hey, I don't think the way you think. And the way you work isn't the way I work. And that's God's decree. For as the sky soars high above the earth, so the way I work surpasses the way you work and the way I think is beyond the way you think. Just as the rain and the snow descend from the skies and don't go back until they've watered the earth, doing their work of making things grow and blossom, producing seed for farmers and food for the hungry, so will the words that come out of my mouth not come back empty handed. They'll do the work I sent them to do. They'll complete the assignment I gave them. So you'll go out in joy. You'll be led into a whole and complete life. The mountains and the hills will lead the parade, bursting with song. All the trees of the forest will join the procession. Oh man, the Bible's so boring. Join the procession, exuberant with applause. No more thistles, but giant sequoias. No more thorn bushes, but stately pines. Monuments to me, to God, living and lasting 
evidence of God. God was reminding the Israelites that he thinks on a higher level. He operates on a higher level than they operate on. But it wasn't to rub their nose in it. It was to invite them to join him. It was to call them up. It was to actually set them free. Because here's the problem. Maybe you've never been locked up. Maybe you've never been a slave in Egypt. Maybe you've never been physically incarcerated. Some of you have, I know, but maybe you haven't. But here's the thing. There's nothing worse than being free physically, but being held captive mentally. And I know some of you understand what that looks like. You may be free in your body to go where you want, but the devil is played havoc with your mind, played havoc with your imagination. The thought of tomorrow holds more dread than excitement. God wants to invite us and does invite us to keep our head in the clouds. Now, <clears throat> approximately 18 months ago, uh, I made a decision uh, in our marriage that has haunted me every single day since. Now, it's nothing that's gonna cause me pop up on today, tonight, yet. Um, so 18 months ago, Louis' uh, iPhone contract was expiring. And she had a, you know, a phone every two years that you can kind of renew and get a new handset. So she was due for a new handset. So uh, Genius here assessed her needs and uh, recommended, I recommended, babe, uh, you only need, these, these words have haunted me for 18 months, you only need the 16 gigabyte phone, which was the lowest memory storage that, that the iPhone offered. You could go 32, you could go 64. I assured Louis that she only needed the 16 gigabyte, because like really, how much storage do you need? Well, since then, I've gotten abusive uh, text messages, <laughs> abusive voicemail messages. I've had my feisty Italian wife burst through my front door at the end of a day's work, calling me adult words. whilst not smiling. And, and all of these things as a result of, of Louis getting a pop-up on her phone uh, most days saying storage full. So, so um, apparently if she'd, well, this, Louis claims if, if she'd chosen the 64 gigabyte option, then, then she would never get these warnings saying storage full. But I don't agree. So I say, babe, we can solve this. Yeah, I'm listening. It's like, cool, first time for everything. Um, if, uh, if you go to settings, you go to settings, do you know that you can actually, look, let's play a little game. 
It's called Mark Says. Mark Says, go to settings. Louis goes to settings. Mark Says, go to storage. Louis goes to storage. Mark Says, click on messages. Clicks on messages. What do you see there? Uh, Louis sees that there, there's three options in the messages section in your settings. One says, uh, automatically keep for 30 days. Like anyone that messages you, just keep for 30 days. Uh, the next option is uh, keep for a year. And, and the next option is keep forever. And I said, just out of curiosity, uh, which, which of those options have you currently selected? Oh, I didn't know there was options. I've got forever. I'm like, okay, maybe I wanna change that. So, Louis, obediently changed that. Yeah, you did. You told me you did. Okay, Louis told me she changed it. All right, <laughs> fair enough. <sighs> I didn't see that at the time. It's so obvious to me now. <laughs> I was duped. <laughs> but do you know that on your device, you can actually manage the storage. You can actually manage uh, what photos are kept and what photos are deleted. Do you know that? Do you know, did you know, did you know, quite the front row, did you know that you can, you can manage what messages stay and what messages get deleted? Do you know you can even manage what videos stay and what, how many knew that? How many knew, see, see, here's the thing, you can't always manage what comes in, but you can always manage what you choose to let stay, right? Here's the thing, God's speaking, dreams, promises, potential, all the time, the chatterbox is speaking. Whatever God says, He tries to speak the opposite. Lies, denials, limitations. You can't shut the chatterbox up, but you can choose what thoughts, what words He speaks to you that you get to keep. You can manage the storage. And here's my contention, which is why I recommended you only need the 16 gigabyte in the first place. That if you manage your storage and don't just keep everything that comes in, the device will operate the very way that the Creator intended. And yet so many of us, our minds, our memories, our thoughts, our imaginations are just clogged up with stuff that we need to start deleting. And if we start deleting it selectively, proactively, consistently, then the device, which is actually nothing wrong with it, will start to work just like the Creator intended, it'll start to run at its full potential. And here's the promise, here's the, the words. God spoke this incredibly vivid, incredibly compelling picture. Go to that, Let's, let, me, let me zoom in to the last two verses, 12 and 13. Listen to this, this is a promise. This sounds great to me. So you will go out in joy, out where? Out everywhere. Joy is a choice. You will go out of here in joy. You'll go out to your workplace in joy. You'll go out to, to your kids who are giving you the ships in joy. You'll go out in joy. You'll go out in joy. You'll be led, led, not have to make it up yourself, led into a whole and complete life. The mountains and the hills will lead the parade. Does this sound good to anybody? Would, there, would you want this to be the description of your life? Poor, so he's just warming up here, bursting with song. Okay, 
I get Renati to sing all my songs in my brain because uh, we're... All the trees of the forest will join the procession, exuberant with applause. No more thistles, but giant sequoias. No more thorn bushes, but stately pines. Monuments, statues, us living statues, living, breathing, moving, imagining, dreaming, future focused, unlimited statues to me, to God, living and lasting evidence of God. Is there a God? How do you know? Look at me. Look at my life, whole and complete. Huh, all right. However, <laughs> most of God's promises and God's blessings are preceded with some conditions. Some, if you do, not all of them, certainly not salvation, but if you do, then I'll give you this. This will be my response to you stepping out in faith. So let's rewind. Let's rewind just before this incredible promise. God says, in order to get to this life, this whole and complete life, He gives us a few clues. I don't think the way you think. The way you work isn't the way I work. For as the sky soars high above the earth, so the way I work surpasses the way you work and the way I think is beyond the way you think. Just as the rain and snow descend from the skies and don't go back until they've watered the earth, doing their work, making things grow and blossom, producing seeds for farmers and food for the hungry, so will the words that come out of my mouth not come back empty-handed. They'll do the work I sent them to do. They'll complete the assignment I gave them. This is an invitation. This is God saying, I think high above the way you think. I act high above the way you act. My ways are high above your ways. But, but he's, he's inviting us up. And I got to thinking, if only there was a church whose very name suggested that maybe there were higher levels in God. Maybe if only there was a church that suggested, whose very name suggested that there were higher ways in God. If only there was a church like that. We may be inclined to wanna elevate our thinking. We may be inclined to wanna elevate the way we do things. We may be not any longer happy, be happy with settling, but wanna elevate the way we think and the way we act to the, to the way that God thinks and the way He acts. Because if we act and think the way He acts, maybe everything in our life will get elevated. If only there was a church whose name suggested there was a higher level. If only you came along on a Sunday morning and as you drove in the driveway and saw banner flags and a sign up there and walked through glass doors and saw another sign there and walked through frosted vinyl doors and saw another sign there because on the left, there's also a sign and around at the Elevate Kids section, there's a sign. And if you open the app, there's another sign. And if you check out the website or the Facebook, there's another sign. If only all of those signs reminded you that you were part of a group of people who are heading somewhere and that direction ain't down. If only. If only. Invitation. But then the condition precedes that. Let's rewind to verse seven. Let the wicked abandon their way of life and the evil their way of thinking. Don't miss this. Churchy people will tell you that this 
stops here. Just the first half. Let the wicked abandon their way of life. And, and you'll, get, you'll get taught that. Churchy people will tell you that. Stop doing this. Stop doing that. God doesn't like it. But God indicates there's a bit more to it. That we're not just to abandon our old way of life, but we're to abandon our old way of thinking. That in fact, changing our thoughts is often the starting point to changing our behaviour. Our imagination is the incubator from where all of our ideas are born. And the chatterbox, he'd want you to believe that your dreams about what could go wrong are your destiny. He'd, he'd want you to understand that thoughts determine destiny, but your thoughts are not changeable. And I wanna tell you this morning, the good news is that our minds are more like a river than a rock. That over time, over time, the direction can change. Let me, let me get sciency on you. Our brain is made up of cells, okay? Brain cells. How are we doing, Renati? So far, so good. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Our brain cells, there's actually a connection, but it's not a, it's not a physical connection. It's, it's, like a, it's like a spark between our brain cells. They're called synapses. And, and what happens in the synapses, okay, sorry. So this is a brain cell. This is really great podcasting too, by the way. This is a, sorry about this, everyone on podcast, you can look at SlideShare and it'll all make sense. This is a brain cell. This is a synapse, okay? So this brain cell, when it wants to get an idea to the next brain cell, it sends a charge down the synapse, right? How are we doing so far? Everyone keeping up? Good, good, good. What happens is over time, our brain builds what are referred to as synaptic pathways. Okay, you with me? The, the best metaphor I could say is, is, is that, uh, wasn't the best metaphor, I, I'm so smart, I got millions of them, but th that's not true. Um, I don't even know why I said that. Uh, the, the metaphor is that, 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 that over time, a, a channel is, 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 is created just like you would with a river that if you put something at one end, it'll just follow the channel down the other end. But here's the good news. The good news is you can change the direction of the synaptic pathway. That's good news. It's good news for the person that sits in the cubicle next to you and says, well, that's just the way I am. Because you can pop your head over the cubicle and say to them, no, it's not. It's just the way you think. Because the way we think determines who we are. And if we can actually change how we think, we can actually ultimately change who we are. Neuroscientists are only just getting into this. And, and they've come up with a term called brain plasticity. Ah. Meaning, like Play-Doh, we can actually change the way our brains think. 
When kids are kids, we refer to them as their formative years. You heard that expression? Do you know God's best is that every year would be a formative year? That, that we, that this can't teach an old dog new tricks is rubbish? Maybe the old dog don't wanna learn it, but they can. That's the difference, right? Willingness and ability don't always marry up. But at a minimum, you need to understand you are able to change the way you think. And I'm here to try to convince you today that, that you need to be willing. Because any time that we're not thinking God's best, we have an opportunity to shift our thinking and God actually helps us and creates a new pathway. Now, you might be getting all religious on me, right? I, I know you're not. Uh, all the religious people left. But, but just in case just in case they try to sneak back in with their, oh, that just sounds sciencey. I thought this is church. Just, just understand this, that all science, if you believe that God created the heavens and the earth, and I do, then all, all science is, is us with our limited thinking, our limited understanding, trying to figure out how the flipping heck he did it. It should be the most glaring, science should be one of the most glaringly obvious proof that there is a God because this stuff couldn't have just happened. I can tell you that. This brain stuff, it's amazing. It happened because somewhere in the universe, someone let off a big fart. I doubt that very, very much. That's what takes more faith than believing that there was a creator behind it all creating such immaculate architecture that not only did He create it, He continues to work with it. If we submit ourselves to Him, our thoughts can change because our brain can change. Our brain can change because God created it to change. More like a river than a rock. You stubborn old man, tell me you can't change. No, you can, but you won't. Understand the difference. But let me, let me show you verse seven again. I, I'm gonna finish with this. I don't, want you, I don't want you to miss this. I don't want you to miss this. Very interesting. Okay, so, so, so God's saying that don't just change your way of life, but change how you think. And in fact, it gives us clues that the way we think will ultimately help us change our way of life. But, but look at the fourth word there. He, he didn't say let the wicked stop their way of life, right? Which is how a lot of, Religious people will tell you, just, just stop, stop. Yeah, you first. Who likes change? Who wants to change? Yeah, yeah, I get it. God uses a word, the word abandon. It's actually a relational word. It's not a moral word. It's not a self-discipline word. It's a relational word. Abandon. Because he understands that we get in a relationship with our thoughts. We learn to love them. We get comfortable with them, even the bad ones. And God's reminding us, you gotta break up with some of your thoughts. You gotta break up with pessimism. You're not a pessimist, you just think pessimistically. You gotta break up with that. 
gonna change the way you think. Break up thinking like a victim. You may have been a victim, but stop thinking like a victim. You didn't choose what happened to you, but you can choose the future of how you think about. It might take a while. Yeah, sure. Break up with self-pity. You know, I've noticed that too many people would rather cuddle up with their old, inferior ways of thinking than kick off the doona and invite God to start a relationship with new thoughts. But I've also discovered you've got to give up to grow up. Laugh is lark. A video game. I'm a Luigi. Life is like a video game. There are always higher levels. But the higher you go, the harder it gets. So why would you want that? Well, you'd want that because at the higher levels, a bigger promise.